This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Full show tonight, plus a little bonus, Grosser. Even after past 9 o'clock, how about that? Bonus radio, free radio. What did we, oh yeah. I don't know, does that count as breaking news, Harv? I don't know. Did we did we alert the masses that that would be happening today? It's news to me. No, I, I think you know. I think you're you're more in the loop than I am. If anybody should be surprised, it would be me. Harvey knows what's up. Harvey's here. Julian's here. They're producing the pro. And yes, we are here not just till 9 o'clock. We are here till 9.15. 9.15. Well, you know why? Because if you follow anything about the National Hockey League, you know that tonight and today is the frozen frenzy around the NHL. Every te- Yeah, that's right. Every team is playing, and they staggered the start times across the National Hockey League. So you make sure that you got a fresh game going on at, you know, 15-minute intervals or whatever it is. And ESPN is kind of doing like their red zone version of the NHL today. So because of that, the Rangers and Flames are going to get started a little bit later than usual, which means the pregame show right here on 98.7 is not going to begin until 9.15. So they said, hey, Dan, instead of just coming off at 9 o'clock, maybe we could bridge the gap a little bit, you know, an extra 15 minutes so it's less of the heavy lifting for Don in the pregame, and I said, you know what? Fine. Why not? They didn't even have to pay me extra, Harv. How about that? I did it out of the goodness of my heart. How about that? I wouldn't admit that for the next time. No. Well, I don't know if there's going to be a next time. Are they going to do another Frozen Frenzy? I don't know if there is no... This This might be the end of the Frenzy. No. A one-time thing. That's not a good idea. Well, I, 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 you have to see how it goes, first of all, but I don't think that it's set in stone, and who knows? It might not even be under my watch that day. We don't know. But I got no problem doing it. It's just great to be here. Great to see you guys. And we're going to have some fun here at 800-919-3776. And, of course, you can get me on Twitter at Dan Gross at G-R-A-C-A. We'll do the hockey a little bit later on, of course. Rangers, Flames, puck drop 945, pregame 915 with Don, Kenny, and Dave. We'll have the call for you. And tomorrow, well, actually today, technically, today is the tip-off of the NBA season. I know it's been a long – actually, you know what? The NBA offseason, it really isn't all that long. I mean, you get like three months, that's it. You know, and plus you got Summer League and all the free agent activity, and it just seems like the rumor mill is always churning in the NBA. But there's real games starting tonight. You got the champs, they're going to raise the banner in just a little while against the Lakers. Then you got Phoenix against Golden State. Did you see the promo, by the way, that TNT put out for the start of the NBA season? I think it was TNT. It was either that or the NBA, but I'm pretty sure. But nevertheless, they did not even include, you know, they had a picture of LeBron and they had a picture of, I don't know, who, who, did you see this thing, Harvey? Where they had like four NBA guys on it, but they didn't include anything with the defending champs. There's no Jokic. There's nothing about the Nuggets. There's nothing at all. I did not, but it it wouldn't surprise me. I think it was a TNT ad, which made it even, yeah, it was a TNT thing. Which made it even more egregious because, after all, Denver is on their air tonight. And you don't have anything about the defending champions. The reason that you're there. They're kicking off your season's coverage, and they don't include anything. Well, you know what? Denver didn't get any respect last year en route to winning the whole thing, and they're not even getting any respect as they're trying to defend their championship to begin things here in October. But, you know what? They let their play dudes talk, and I don't think they care all too much. They're going to go out there tonight and take on a Laker team, and we'll see what they have in store. But we'll talk some hoops because tomorrow kicks off Knicks season. And we're going to have it covered for you, of course, right here on 98.7 all season long. Nets are going to be in action as well. Nets are going to be in Brooklyn to take on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Knicks will be at the Garden to take on the Boston Celtics. We'll have all the coverage for you beginning tomorrow night. I believe the pregame is at 7 o'clock 
Or no, 6.30. 6.30 because it's an ESPN vehicle tomorrow. So it's a 7 o'clock tip-off. So that means our pregame is at 6.30, which is fantastic. So Knicks, Celtics tomorrow. We're going to do plenty of basketball tonight. Our good buddy Brian Geltzeiler. NBA Radio is going to join us later on in the program, talk a little Knicks-Nets and everything that's happening around the National Basketball Association. We will hit on the baseball because, hey, we got a Game 7 tonight. We had a Game 7 last night, a Game 7 tonight. We are getting spoiled as baseball fans. Two best words in sports. Problem with last night is that it didn't really truly live up to the hype because the Texas Rangers went out there and, hey, held true to form the way the ALCS was going. The road team winning every single game in the series, and they capped it off winning a seventh one last night and left very little doubt as they annihilate the Houston Astros so there won't be a repeat champion in baseball. The Yankees' record is still intact when they won those three in a row from 98 to 2000. We're not getting a repeat World Series, which would have been the first one since 77 and 78 with the Dodgers and the Yankees. So the Astros go home licking their wounds. They might have a new manager next year. It sounds like Dusty Baker's not coming back in You know, what more can you say about the Texas Rangers and Bruce Bochy? This is a team that lost over 100 games just a couple of years ago, and now they're in the World Series. Unbelievable for them. And tonight you got on the National League side, you got the Diamondbacks, which is a shocker that they went into Philadelphia and won a game number six, which is as good a home field advantage as you could possibly ask for. And now they have to see if they could do it again and win a game number seven in a place that is going to be absolutely bonkers. But last night they took the crowd out of the game early. They struck early. They struck often. And I'm sure that they're going to try to do exactly the same thing tonight. And we'll see if Philadelphia is able to respond. I would be surprised. I would be very, very surprised if Arizona wins again tonight. But you never know. That's why they play the game. So that one will get started at just after 8 o'clock. So we'll keep you posted. We'll be on the air for a little bit while that one is underway. We'll also do plenty of football, of course, because it's Jets-Giants week. You know, we're officially in the midst of the area rivalry. And that game will happen on Sunday. And it has a little bit more juice now, right? Because the Giants were able to stop the bleeding. We called it a Band-Aid last night, the win over the Washington Commanders. Just a Band-Aid. You know, I don't think you can sit here and say that the Giants are all the way back and that they've cured all their problems, right? They're still 2-5. and They're still in last place in their division. But they won a game, right? And so now you go into this one against the Jets on Sunday, maybe with a little bit more enthusiasm, And if you want to believe the impossible dream that the Giants could somehow still get back into this thing, be my guest. I'm not there yet. I think that this team still has a lot of work to do. But coming off a win is much better than the alternative, which would have been yet another loss. And then the wheels really spinning off the tracks with this team. Jets, on the other hand, I think that there's some uncertainty with them, too, as to how they're going to go out there and actually play this game coming up on Sunday. Yes, they are the road team, but they're coming off a bye week. And I know that Robert Sala has been tinkering around with the schedule a little bit with the players just to see if they can be a little bit more prolific coming back off the bye as compared to maybe how things went the last couple of seasons when he was beginning his head coaching tenure. We'll never know. Won't get our answer until Sunday at the earliest. But it's a big game for the Jets as well because you couldn't have a bigger win than they had going into the bye week with the Philadelphia Eagles. And almost to the point where you say, geez, the bye's coming at a bad time because you want to capitalize off of that momentum, right? You don't want it halted in any way because of the week off. But maybe it will, maybe it won't. Nevertheless, if the Jets are going to continue on, this is a game that they feel probably, and most of us feel, that they should win. If this team has serious playoff designs, you beat the Giants. Giants are struggling right now. Giants are banged up. Even though they're going to get a couple of more players back, you would think, for this game. They still don't know about the quarterback, which we'll speak about here in just a minute. 
But it's a game that if you're serious about making the playoffs, you beat the Giants. Don't get caught looking ahead to the Chargers after that and the Raiders the following week, right? All winnable games, but it doesn't mean anything if you don't get that first one. Because think of how much work you had to do just to get back to even. We're four plays into the season. All your hopes and dreams and everything that you associated with this upcoming year for the Jets were completely shattered when Aaron Rodgers goes down with that Achilles injury. And if you would have signed up for 3-3 three and three at the bye week then as a Jet fan, you know what? You're certainly okay with where things are. But that could change in a heartbeat if you don't go out there and play well on Sunday. You lose to the Giants, you lose to a team that you should beat, now you're 3-4 and four and you're saying, boy, so much for getting ahead. I mean, think about it. The Jets didn't even lift a finger on Sunday and look at the help that they got out of town on the scoreboard. Miami lost. Buffalo lost. They're only a half a game out of first place in the loss column or one game out of first place in the loss column. And they still got to play Miami twice. Still got to play Buffalo one more time, plus you beat them already. So everything you wanted to accomplish, even with Aaron Rodgers, is still there. But you got to take care of business this week. Giants, on the other hand, look, they're just trying to string two good games together. They're just trying to go out there and see if they can maybe, maybe, just maybe, recapture some of the magic on a consistent basis that we saw far too frequently last year when they made the playoffs and they won a playoff game. But who's going to be the quarterback for the Giants on Sunday, right? That's question number one. Now, tomorrow, Brian Dayball's going to talk. Robert Sala's going to talk. And I assume that the media that's going to be assembled there in East Rutherford are going to ask Brian Dayball the latest on Daniel Jones. What's the update? Because when we last left the Giant quarterback, he still wasn't cleared for contact. Doesn't matter if he's out there on the field throwing and running and doing jumping jacks and all these other things. If he's not cleared for contact, he's not going to be able to play football. Because contrary to popular opinion, and maybe when you watch games on Sunday, it is still a contact sport, even though the referees maybe don't necessarily want it to be, but it is. And there's only so much that they can do as far as protecting players. And when you're talking about somebody's neck, that's dicey. It's not a knee. It's not an elbow. It's not an ankle. You injure that neck, that could cause life problems. Forget about playing football. So Daniel Jones did his weekly appearance today on the Kay Adams podcast, called up in Adams, and he was asked if he's feeling any better from last week. I am. I'm feeling better. I'm able to do, you know, I'm able to do everything I need to do from a, you know, running, throwing, you know, lifting standpoint. Um, you know, it's mostly a contact thing, like I've said, and, uh, you know, proven that I can handle that. So I'm feeling good and, and uh, you know, try to just take, uh, take a step every day. See, running, jumping, lifting, it's not Muscle Beach, right? It's not the Olympics. It's not a showcase, not a pageant. It's football. And the contact thing, he, he dismissed it as the contact thing. It's big, right? You need to be able to get the green light to go play football, and I don't know if that's going to happen this week. None of us do. And if Brian Dayball doesn't say tomorrow that Daniel Jones was cleared for contact, well, I think the doubt has to just continue to be there that he's going to be able to play this week. And under no obligation is Brian Dayball or the Giants to tell the Jets how many, what, five days before the game who his starting quarterback is going to be. Let the mystery linger a little bit longer. Right? Let the Jets prepare for Jones, prepare for Tyrod Taylor. Hell, prepare for Tommy DeVito. Who the hell cares? Let them guess. You don't want to do them any favors. 
Andrew Thomas is supposedly going to be back for this one at left tackle, which is a step in the right direction for whoever is playing quarterback for the Giants. You know, we only had an hour last night on the show. But, you know, one of the things that we were hitting on a little bit, and we ran out of time, we were trying to hit as many things as possible in the time that we were allotted. But this whole theory that the Giants are better off, at least in the short term, with Tyrod Taylor as opposed to Daniel Jones, which I think is silly. You know, because if you're talking about short term, you mean like just this week for the rest of the season up until December? Like what? what is the short term necessarily when you're talking about this? I don't even know if Tyrod Taylor is better for the Giants even in the last two weeks. And they won one of those games. This whole season, more than anything, has got to be a quest for the Giants. And it has been since day one, and it continues to be, at least in my opinion, that you got to find out what the hell you have in this quarterback. And right now, seven weeks into the season, I think that that is one giant incomplete when trying to get that question sorted out. I mean, forget about the fact that the Giants are sitting there with only a couple of wins. They still don't have any further proof that Daniel Jones is the long-term answer at the quarterback position, regardless of the contract that they gave him in the offseason. Right? That thing could be easily removed from after next season. Easily. So if the Giants are going to struggle this year, and they're not going to make the playoffs, and they're going to have a losing record and all those things, and yet you still don't know anything about this quarterback, whether or not he is indeed the answer long-term, that's a double whammy then for this football team because you're going to go into the offseason then still with the biggest question unanswered, and you thought that you were at least making inroads trying to get to the bottom of the all-important question. That would be awful. That would be a waste of a football season. Because, again, to recycle back to a conversation we had in the summertime, Giants maybe come up a little bit short this year, but the quarterback plays well, and he strings two really good seasons back-to-back. You could start to feel a little bit more confident that you've got your guy, that Daniel Jones is the answer. And right now, I can't sit here and tell you that he is. Despite what we've seen, despite last year and winning a playoff game, and I know that there's other circumstances at play here. It's not just him. The offensive line has been a mash unit. You know, the wide receiver position doesn't exactly wow you in terms of game breakers. Saquon Barkley, who might be the best playmaker on this offense, has missed how many games already this year? He's missed half the season, essentially. And let's not forget, Tyrod Taylor, the last two weeks that he has played for the Giants, he's had Saquon Barkley at his disposal. Daniel Jones didn't those couple of weeks before. So there's a lot that goes into this thing. I don't know if he's playing on Sunday. All I do know is I want him 100% and ready to get back on the field because I don't want this to be a situation the remainder of the year that Daniel Jones plays and then he's got to sit out two games because something happened. Then he plays and then he's got to sit out three more games. I don't want the progress to be impeded in any way. And neither should a Giant fan and certainly neither should the organization. Yeah, I know you want to win some games, but you better figure out what you have at the quarterback because if you don't know the answer yet and you have a bad season, you're going to be in a position come April to where you can go out there and invest a high pick in a guy who is now possibly going to be your next hope at the franchise quarterback position. That's probably not something that the Giants thought that they were going to entertain at the beginning of the year, but it's quickly becoming reality. And that's not exactly a good thing. 800 919 3776. 
is the telephone number. I figure we'll do all the Jets-Giants stuff tonight because we don't have a show tomorrow. We got Knicks basketball instead. So we'll look at it from both sides of this rivalry for Sunday's game. We'll do plenty of Knicks. A little bit later on, Brian Geltzeiler is going to join us to talk some hoops. Jordan Renan is going to join us tonight because of the schedule the rest of the week here. So Jordan will be on at 8 o'clock to talk a little giant football. All up for discussion tonight. Full show plus a little extra. Dan Grosser with you, 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Jordan Renan, Brian Geltziler to join us a little bit later on, right up until Rangers Hockey at 915. Rangers and the Flames from the Saddle Dome out there in Western Canada. How about this? Did you see that it was snowing in Calgary? I mean, today it was beautiful. You know, it was like almost 70 degrees sunny. It's supposed to only be getting warmer the rest of the week. Kind of like that Indian summer type feel, which is great. It's fantastic because we're a week away from November. But in Calgary, it's snowing. Like real legit snow. Not like a couple of flakes. Like actual accumulation. Everything. I'm not mentally ready for that yet. So, like, if I woke up tomorrow morning and there was two, three inches of snow on the ground, I don't know if I could face the day. But I don't have to worry about that, so that's okay. Talking football, though, with the Giants. With the Jets, big game coming up on Sunday. And, of course, our coverage will begin at 11 a.m. Pre-game, Greg and myself, live from the stadium. Even though it's a road game, live from the stadium. We'll be up in the broadcast booth, though. No bells, whistles, coaches club, the whole uh, extravaganza. But we'll still be there nonetheless. And it's a big game for both of these teams. You want to call it the last stand for the Giants? Be my guest. And if you're the Jets, if you're really serious about making a run this year and stringing a few good games together, you got to go out there and win this game on Sunday. We still got some time between now and then, of course. Let's hear from you at 800-919-3776. Let us start it off. Ralph in New York, 98.7 ESPN. Hello, Ralph. How are you? I'm doing good. What's on your mind? Uh, I, just have a, I just have a question for you guys. Uh, I just want to talk about um, how Zach is going to handle this Giants defense and will he have the confidence that he had against Kansas City. Well, what do you think? Oh, I mean, the Giants' defense has not been the best this year. So, I, I feel like he'll, he'll have a good game. I just, I just want to ask you guys who you think will win. Well, I'll tell you this. If you've been watching, and maybe it sounds like Ralph hasn't, but the Giants' defense has actually been pretty good last couple of weeks. I mean, they won that game on Sunday against Washington on the strength of that defense. Nothing more, nothing less. Give Wink Martindale and his dude some credit. They're balling out. They're playing. I mean, you hold an opposing team to one for 15 on third down, you're doing a good job. Right? You sack the quarterback six times, you're doing a good job. And look, they like to blitz. 
they're going to try to confuse a young quarterback like all hell. Not all that different from what they tried to do against Sam Howell. Sam Howell doesn't have a lot of experience. Think about it. Sam Howell has less starting experience than Zach Wilson does. So if they tried to do that and they, to a certain degree, had a lot of success doing it against Washington, you best believe they're going to be doing the same thing against Zach. Now the question is, how is he going to be able to counter that? You know, I think it's fair to say that the Jets have more weapons offensively than Washington does. But we also need to see what the status of the Jets' offensive line is going to look like for this week's game. Robert Sala has not talked about injuries for about a week and a half because he's had no obligation to do so because of the bye week. So tomorrow you're going to get a little bit more info. Is Joe Tipman going to be okay? What's the status of Dwayne Brown? You know, what are that starting? what's that starting five going to look like on that O-line? They held up pretty well against Philadelphia, even though they got to Zach a few times, but it was still good enough to win a football game. Giant defense is playing well. They're coming on. And maybe that's one of the encouraging things you take with you moving forward, that if the defense plays to that level moving forward, whatever lack of production you're getting from the offense, you hope that it's at least going to keep you in some football games. Ivers in Staten Island. He's up next here on 98.7. What's up, I? How are you? Hey, pretty good. And then let me get this right. So you and Greg are going to beat the game. It's a road game, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't – Remember, did, have you guys ever traveled to a road game? I just don't remember. No, we haven't since Greg and I have been doing it. Now, obviously, remember the COVID. You know that ate up uh, a, a whole year, anyways. Right. We, weren't, we weren't even we weren't even allowed at the stadium for home games in 2020. But no, this will technically be our first road game on site for the Jets, a regular season game since he and I have been doing this. Well, that hopefully that'll bring some luck, and you know, this should be very reminiscent of the '93 game that you brought up on the radio last night. Yeah. And I remember sitting in the rain, and you, you described the game perfectly. But, you know, you, you get to this game, and, you know, this is going to be such a chess match between Hackett and uh, and Martindale. And, you know, I, I think the only way the Jets could combat this um, is with with Hall. I, I think he, he he's the X factor here. They, they, whether they give him the ball to run or whether they use him in the passing game the way they did against the Eagles, I think that's the only way that would slow down this pass rush because I think I think the Giants' defense. I know it was Washington, but they, they were pretty good last year. And you know maybe they're starting to click. And you know I don't get the best out of them this week. You know hopefully we could get this one, um, and we'll see where it goes. But I, I just think you get you, you got to get this running game going because you, you can't have Zach throwing 30, 35 passes this week. I, think that's a recipe for disaster no I agree with you 100 percent Ira and I'll tell you the other thing too and I think of the phone call here's one thing that I would like to see more out of the offense with Brees Hall and I think it would do them wonders actually and I'm not saying that they're ignoring this or they're stubborn and we're reluctant or anything like that incorporate Brees Hall more into the passing game right we've already seen him given some opportunities make huge plays impact plays and I think that if you're going to go up against a defense that it's as blitz happy as the Giants usually are you know what's a great way to counter that? You screen the hell out of them. You screen the hell out of them. And when the blitz is coming in your face, you don't throw away from the blitz. You throw at the blitz because that's the best way to get a huge chunk play. If the rush is coming up the field, you don't have to worry. Think it's simple math. You subtract those number of guys, however many it is, away from the play to be able to put a stop to it down the field. You throw right at it. If you watch the football game last night, that's what Minnesota was doing whenever San Francisco brought the heat, usually. And there were some times where it looked like maybe they were going to get home and get to Kirk Cousins, but they didn't. 
That's still a sore spot, by the way, that game last night. How many survivor pools do you think that knocked people out of with San Francisco going down last night? And I know, see, that's the funny thing, too. So many people already wanting to knock Brock Purdy down because he lost the game last week in Cleveland, and now he lost again last night in Minnesota. And, you know, oh, it's it's real easy when you're not able to throw the ball to, you know, Debo Samuel on a quick screen and he takes it, you know, 40 yards down the field. Niners will be fine. Brock Purdy will be fine. 800-919-3776. Dan Gross' show on this Tuesday, 9870 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. We're all going to be exposed as frauds. As a wise man once said, of course. Off and running here on this Tuesday, Grasa Show, 98.7 ESPN, 800-919-3776. That is telephone number. Remember, we're taking it right up until 9.15 tonight, so an extra 15 minutes. Harvey, did we think about what we're going to do for those 15 minutes, the extra 15 tonight? I mean, we should break format entirely. How so? I don't, we can do one. We, we can almost do like, um, do like a game show for 15 minutes with like contestants, or we could just do... I don't know, like a variety show type of thing. I think it, it, it's that's the beauty of the surprise-free 15 minutes. You can do whatever you want. You can reformat the entire station if you wanted to, if we wanted to. I mean, we didn't really put a lot of planning into it, full disclosure. Like, this is just kind of off the cuff now, but we got a couple of hours, right? We got the whole world at our fingertips, essentially. I'll be honest. The uh, the amount of brain power that I have tonight, doesn't. I don't think it'll take much to... Uh... Yeah, but why is that though? I'll be I'll be honest. I had some. You know what? The the tacos I've had. Oh, today. the tacos! Here we go. The tacos. I knew it was about the tacos. Now tell me what what, what what's going on with the tacos here? So, <laughs> so I went to a truck stop. Yeah. At like 62nd West 62nd Street. <laughs> wow, he gave them up. <laughs> I gave them all up. And it's weird because I didn't really think about what I wanted to eat. I just wanted to go somewhere, just have a nice walk, and then pick a place. Meanwhile, I pick a truck. And so I, I, I tell the guy, I just want some, th- like, three chicken tacos. Yeah. By the way, 11 bucks for three tacos is becoming a crime That's now. more than I had to pay for parking, which was still outrageous. Yeah. Yeah. And so they, the guy asked me, do you want it spicy or extra spicy? And I just go extra spicy. Mm-hmm. Little did I know, I'm seeing the guy make my tacos, and he's putting red sauce on my tacos. Poo-poo. It's a bit off-putting. So now it's like you, you got to make up for it somehow. And the best way that I make up for it is by spending more money on snacks. Yeah. So so I walk in there, and what do I see? I see, what what do I see? A Mr. Frosty? A vanilla shake that's seven bucks, another crunch. <laughs> seven dollars. A Kit Kat, crunch, and some gummy bears. Oh, my gosh. 
My appetite's outrageous. How's your blood sugar, by the way? You doing all right with that? It's hanging in there. I haven't seen a doctor in a few in a while, so I might have to you revise have any, that. You have any plans anytime soon, maybe? I did. I got to change my doctor first and then go to the new doctor. So $11 for the tacos, $7 for the milkshake. Like, what's the point of even coming to work? It's a good question. I mean, there's other things to do here. It's like flying out the all the money that you're earning is like flying out the window. You're contributing to the city's economy. And my birthday's coming up, so I gotta save up for That's this, right. whatever this is. And thing. you're a big birthday guy. Big birthday guy. Love Bunch of bir- controversy last year, but I've- Yeah, there was. And when is that again? November what? The fifth. The fifth. So that's like It's on a Sunday. That's Sunday. Football Sunday. Now you're either gonna be happy or you're gonna be miserable because you may have a Red Bulls game the night before. Right. I might. It all depends on, on tomorrow On night. tomorrow. How about this? You want to talk about dedication? And we'll get back to the football stuff here in just a second. But as far as dedication is concerned, how about this guy? He lives and dies and eats and breathes the Red Bulls. We know that. They got a playoff game tomorrow. Biggest game of the year. Win, you move on. Lose, you go home. In Red Bull Arena, he's got tickets. The season tickets. Row two. And he's going to be here working tomorrow night. Now, now full disclosure, I'm going to give up, give somebody up up again. Uh, my ticket rep called me uh, the Friday before we beat Nashville to clinch the playoffs. You she, have one dedicated ticket rep? Yes. And she told me. Um, What's her name? Uh, I can't go that far now. I, I think you can. Uh, Jessica. Okay. Now that uh, she's there. Uh, she's great. That's fine. She said that if we were able to get into the playoffs that we would host uh, the game and that the tickets would be automatically downloaded into my account. I was like, great. She said it was Wednesday. I was like, Wednesday night. I was devastated. I'm not very good with names anymore. And you didn't have to pay for these? No. That's part of being a season ticket holder. It's part of being a season. So they're just like throwing you free tickets, even for a playoff game. Free tickets. And I believe, uh, I don't even want to put it out there, but if we do win. Is the next round going to be free too? I believe so. Yes. How is that even see like and it's either it's either it's either free or it's charged onto my account. How just, is that even possible though? Like this is an organization, not the organization, but like the league in general. All I like, you know that I don't follow it religiously. I follow it basically just talking to you about the Red Bulls and everything. It's a nice how segment. Did, well, right, but how does this league basically every which way you turn, they're coming up with a new expansion team, and there's a new team here and a new stadium here and a new team here. How are they making money for all this stuff if they're just giving people like you free playoff tickets? Well, they landed a new TV deal with Apple TV, and believe it or not, the new— And how are those numbers this year? They haven't released any numbers. They've only released numbers for— Now we can sit there and go, ha-ha. (laughs) They've only released numbers for, I believe, for their uh, streaming, but not for TV. I'm trying to um, remember—oh, I'm sorry. It was for fan attendance. Fan attendance reached a record 22,000 this year. Which what is, about the people who bought the Apple TV stuff? How did that? Well, did they, that wasn't good. They didn't release that. I don't think they nope. will. They didn't have the reason that they didn't release it because what? At the middle of the season, remember they were giving it away for free. And even if Messi, even though Messi came during the middle of the season, I'm not sure. It yeah, but then Messi much. didn't play though towards the end. Remember? No, he played. He, ironically, he played last Saturday and they lost, but they were out of it already, a long time ago. Hi, mate. How you doing? That was Messi. All right, well, we'll see where this happens. I just want you to hang in there, though, because you got a long night. you got the Rangers tonight, right, too? Yes, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be— I don't uh, want you to crash from, like, all the sugar and everything with the tacos and the, the milkshake and the, the candy and— i got to invest in water. That's it. Julian will help you out, though. If something happens, Julian will have to be the one that goes over there and, like, resuscitates you or something. I don't think it's that grave a situation, but I, no, I, I hope not. Like I said, it's a long night. You know how these hockey games can be, especially the ones out in Western Canada. They got two anthems, two. 
Oh, say, can you see in old Canada? They bought out those, oh, say, can you see? What was that? They bought out those anthems, don't they? Of course they do. <laughs> Different kind of rapping, but it's still rapping. It's true. All right. Well, we'll check in on Harvey periodically as we move forward through the program. Yeah, you know, that's going to be you. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Uh, talking football, let's go back to the phones. Artie's in Brooklyn. He's up next year on 98.7. Hello, Art. How are you? Hey, Dan. What's going on, bud? Artie! You hear me? I got you, man. What's going on? All right. So, isn't it crazy that one win against the Commanders, and now I think the Giants have just as good a chance at making the playoffs as the Jets. I mean, this is a, like a must-win for the Giants, and not so much for the Jets. Because, yeah, you want to win as many games, obviously, right? But if you're taking two out of three out of the next, I'd rather have the two AFC games. So it's not like you're going in. Why can't you win all three? got to have this game. Why can't you win all three? I would love to win all three, and it'd be great. But I'm just saying, looking at the teams, um, you have a depleted offensive line. You have the Giants' must-win situation. And here's the other thing, too. The Jets' victories all turning the ball over. And I think you just had somebody on, like, the, the commercial mm-hmm. that says, hey, I'm not saying, look, I think Jones is a better quarterback, but if you were to ask me who would I think is turning the ball over more, I would think Jones is. And I think the Jets have to prove to me that if they don't get turnovers, that they can win a game. Look what happened with the Patriots game. I just don't trust their offense. Now, it is a different sack, and he did have a good game. But his best game was at a loss. Do you like if the if the Eagles didn't turn over the turn over the ball to Adams? Mm-hmm. They need they they get the punt. Do you have any faith that they could even though it's only two points? Do you have any faith in Zach going driving down with no timeouts to get that field goal? I don't. Do you? It's, it's it's hard to say. I mean, look, anything can happen, especially in this day and age, Art. You know, all you got to do is throw one up for grabs down the field. The refs could decide to have a yellow flag fly out of their pocket, and that's a big gainer right there. And that might put you into field goal range as is. Yeah, but that's not the way you play football. The what if. The woulda, coulda. Right? That's why it's a long season. I mean, we talk about this all the time. Sometimes games you play in September, and the way that a team performs in September, that's not the way that they are going to be in November and December. When you're approaching crunch time and you're trying to make your push to the playoffs, I mean, September football right now is almost glorified preseason. The only difference is the games count. But you're not at your best. You're not even close. And that has to do with the lackluster preseason output and how nobody plays and the teams really don't even want to put their starters because they don't want to risk injury. So it takes clubs a while to really gel and to start clicking on all cylinders. That's why, and I'll say this, Despite what New England did this past Sunday beating the Buffalo Bills. Jets and Patriots played again this week. Jets win the game. Right? But a month ago when they played and they looked awful, I think there were a few things at play that day. Number one, I still think that they were in a little bit of that hangover phase from the Aaron Rodgers injury. There were multiple guys on that team that told me as much since. That it took them a little while just to move past that. And I think that they were still trying to find themselves as an offense. 
and the coaching staff trying to reconfigure a game plan and to reconfigure a system that is now going to be best suited for this quarterback and this personnel as opposed to the guy that the offense is essentially made for. You know, I've been talking to, you know, there were a couple of guys I was talking to about, you know, there were some different route combinations and some plays that, you know, they've been having some success with over the last couple of games. And I said, well, you know, why wasn't that featured a little bit earlier in the season? It's like, well, we didn't install it. Well, why didn't you install it? Well, because, you know, those weren't really things that Aaron was comfortable with. Okay, well, there it just goes to show you. Each quarterback has different strengths. Each different set of preferences. And that's what the play caller and the coaches, when they devise a game plan each week, that's what they are going to play for. It's all still kind of like an introductory getting-to-know-you type thing, even though you've been in the program the entire offseason, but it wasn't really designed for Zach Wilson. 800-919-3776, more of your calls. We'll also get into some basketball, little Knicks, little Nets. Season starts manana. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. No show tomorrow night because we got Knicks basketball season opener against the Boston Celtics, but we're back with you on Thursday right after TMKS coming up at 6.30, so make your plans accordingly. Let us say hi to James and Elizabeth, who is up next here on 98.7. James, how you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. What's up, James? Well, Don, it's good to hear you. I haven't heard you from a long time, a few years ago, but uh, good to hear your voice as always. James, I, uh, you know what? I appreciate it, but I can barely hear your voice, and neither can the audience. Where are you right now? Are you, like, under a mattress or something? You know what? I'm going to switch from my earpiece to my speaker. There we go. We hear you loud. See, James, you got a beautiful voice. The world wants to hear it, buddy. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. So I'm just touching on the situation with, Daniel Jones talking about the quarterback controversy. What I realized, even through the years, matchups are what they are. What I did realize a few weeks ago was, and as always, we always find a way to beat Washington. So in my mind, that's irrelevant. But this weekend, starting-wise, thinking about trying to figure out your quarterback situation or uh, solidifying what you need to do going forward is letting Tyrod play. And if he does play and the results play the way, whether he wins or not, you would go to Daniel Jones the following week because then it further lets you know where you are with the quarterback situation. Yeah, but James, that would imply – here's the thing, though, James. That would imply that you're actually thinking that Tyrod Taylor is any part at all of the Giants' future, and he's not. You, you're right. You, you may be right because, like I said, he's. No, I know he's right. He's 34 years old. What, are, like, what, what are we doing with the future with Tyrod Taylor? So it's, it's. You're right. He is not the future, 100. percent And I will not disagree with you. But the main thing is, from a fan's perspective, when watching the game, because mm-hmm. we do get caught up in what it is. The thing is, if you let him play this weekend, and whatever the results are at this point. It lets you know, like, going forward, your decision-making with Daniel Jones goes, you know what? The following week, obviously, matchups of what they are, which at this point, I don't – who do they play the following week? I do not know because I'm not thinking about it right now. But bottom line is 
You let him play the following week because he'll be healthy enough because he's had enough time to heal his neck and what it is. And obviously the line will be where it is. So when you implement what you need to implement to allow him to play to progress or digress, will let us know where we're going forward with him. Well, James, here's the thing, and I thank you for the phone call. I'll put it this way. The second that Daniel Jones is cleared medically by the doctors for contact and to go out there and play football, he's the quarterback. No ifs, ands, or buts. He's got to be the guy. Right? If he's cleared for contact, he's the quarterback. Like, Tyrod Taylor, it gains you nothing. Playing Tyrod Taylor any amount of time is completely unnecessary if Daniel Jones is healthy. This season, as I said earlier, is just about just as important about finding out what you have in Daniel Jones as it is even winning games for the Giants. This Giant team isn't a Super Bowl team. Where are they going? Right? Where what's the ceiling for this Giant team? Even at the beginning of the season, before they got off to a two and five start. Maybe you make the playoffs as a wild card. I mean, you're no better than the third best team in your own division, and there's a pretty sizable gap between you and Dallas and Philadelphia. So best-case scenario, you make the playoffs. Realistically speaking, you're probably not getting in, but you need to at least continue to see what you have in the quarterback because if you don't have an answer, once you hit the offseason, you are then in I-need-to-go-find-a-new-quarterback mode. Right? It's called I-need-to-use-the-draft-capital that I'm likely going to have, which is probably going to be beneficial, and go get myself a quarterback. Because the guy I have right now is not the answer long-term. He might be on the team next year. Daniel Jones might be like the week one starter and be given an opportunity to go out there and play good football. But if they take a kid with a top 10 pick in the draft, you know that the fans are going to be chanting his name the first incompletion that Daniel Jones throws next week. That's just the nature of the beast. But it ain't Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor's probably going to be on some other roster next year as their backup quarterback. 800-919-3776. Let's say hi to Richard in Jacksonville who's up next. Richie, how are you, bud? Danny, how you doing, man? What's up, Rich? Listen, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. You sound great. I, I love hearing you on the radio. I don't like arguing with you, but I, I, look, it's like it's interesting because your take on Daniel Jones is making more sense than most people in the sense that you're saying as soon as he's healthy, he's back in. These people who are like, just because Tyrod Taylor won a game last week, they think that there's like a court – ridiculous but rich, let me make a point Dan. no rich you're right so. and, and and just to, to to reiterate again i just want to stress this even more okay two games with tyrod taylor as the architect of this offense the giants are averaging 11 and a half points in those two games uh, who yeah. in the hell well, are look, you beating I, 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 in this league scoring 11 points a game agreed and i like tyrod taylor but let, let me just say a few things yeah. i have daniel jones's back this doesn't seem like too many people do I'm going to say this. I think they know they have their quarterback for the future. I really do. I don't think that any – I think it's really about the team getting better around him. It's fully admitted he's not one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL who can actually overcome the kind of stuff that a bad team can't overcome. But, look, if you're watching the NFL regularly, not just your team, you see on a regular basis stuff like Jalen Hurts, who everybody loves. As soon as he got a little pressure, coughing up the ball. Purdy, as soon as everything wasn't perfect, he doesn't look perfect. A quarterback is reliant on the team around him, and what the Giants have put around Daniel Jones is terrifying. And we all, I understand you have a radio show, we all have to blame people. There's only one, there's two people to blame. It's Gettleman, who has us in cap hell, and it's the Giants' ownership for falling asleep at the wheel when Gettleman was there. 
But blaming Daniel Jones for this, or who I'm not saying you're doing that, but he is a solid quarterback. He just has to have a team around him. And until he sets up with a healthy Waller and Saquon around him, we're not going to know anything. I mean, give him a chance, for God's sake. Well, Rich, right. I it's, mean, it's, Rich, you're 1,000% right, right? It's been an imperfect storm right now when you're talking right. about Jones and what he's had around him. And, and I thank you for the phone call. Daniel Jones, when he was playing, the offensive line was in tatters. Saquon Barkley gets hurt in the Arizona game, and he doesn't have him then for the next couple of weeks. That is a big, big piece to take away from your offense. Think about it. If you're the Giants, like when you went into those couple of games post-Saquon, right, they went into San Francisco, they played Seattle, they played Miami. Like if you're the opposing defenses and the coaching staff and you're devising a game plan and you're looking at the Giants on film, and what do we got to do? Who do we got to stop? And you know that Barkley's not even playing? You really think that you're going to be kept up nights trying to slow down that Giant offense with a horrible offensive line, with a quarterback that, you know, some teams feel that you could probably scheme and take away what he does well, no game breakers at wide receiver, and you put two eyeballs on Darren Waller, who's going to beat you then? Who's going to beat you? Can't protect the quarterback. Take away the number one threat in the passing game. No semblance of a run game whatsoever. Who is going to beat you? Now, I understand. Some people are under the impression and they say, well, you know what? A really great quarterback makes everybody around him better. A really great quarterback is somebody who is able to elevate the play of those around him, like a good point guard does. Okay, that's true to a certain degree. But let's make no mistake about it. Football is a little bit different. Right? It's a little bit different. In basketball, you could be a point guard, and you have the ball in your hands, just like a quarterback does, but you dribble the ball up the court, and then it's up to you to put the ball in the hands of your playmakers and set them up to be successful. But they still got to make the shots, don't they? Otherwise, you're not getting an assist. Football's a little bit different. Yeah, the ball is in your hands as a quarterback, but guess what? If you don't have an offensive line that is not even going to give you the time of day or a reasonable amount of time to go out there and actually scan the field and put the ball in your playmaker's hands, then what? Even the great ones need some help. Go back to the Super Bowl. I don't remember what number it was. The one during the COVID year when it was Chiefs Buccaneers. We're all in agreement that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL, best player in the NFL. How did Patrick Mahomes fare in that Super Bowl when he was running for his life because his offensive line was getting beaten like a drum by Tampa Bay's front seven? And even the great Patrick Mahomes could not get anything going because he had no help. The guy was out there making, like, acrobatic throws while he was getting bent backwards, and his guys still couldn't even make plays for him. So you want to sit there and throw a life, laugh, a life raft at Daniel Jones and say, you know what, he needs help? I'm, I'm with you. I'll meet you halfway. But the problem is if you're the Giants or any other team in this situation with a similar dilemma, how much longer do you allow it to go? How much longer does the conversation continue where you say, well, he's good, he just needs help, we haven't seen it yet. How much longer do you wait before you turn your attention to somebody else who maybe might not need as much help and maybe might have more upside at the position? And that, to me, I think is an area where the Giants might be approaching come next offseason. It's not a fact. But certainly the next 10 weeks of the season are probably going to dictate that, don't you think? And that's why 
this notion of playing Tyrod Taylor if Daniel Jones is healthy is absolutely ludicrous to me. 800-919-3776. We'll sprinkle in some hoops talk when we return. Grasa Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasa Show on 98.7 ESPN. We'll talk some Giants with Jordan Renan coming up in about 15 minutes. Also in about 15 minutes, game number seven on the baseball side in the NLCS between the Diamondbacks and the Philadelphia Phillies. Look, I'm as shocked as anybody. We're sitting here for a game seven. I didn't think Arizona had it in them to force a series deciding game. They struck early. They struck often last night against Arenola, a guy who's entering free agency, remember, and I wouldn't mind maybe um, team in Queens possibly throwing some money in his direction. I think he would be a nice boot, a nice boost, also weaken a division rival, but that's, you know, for a different discussion and a different day. But if you're the Diamondbacks and you're going to have a rookie on the mound tonight and Brandon Fott and Philadelphia's going with Ranger Suarez, it's all hands on deck. And it certainly applies that way for Philadelphia because there are no tomorrows. There is no unavailable, except for the guys who started last night's game, of course. You got a couple of days off. You worry about Friday and you worry about the World Series when you wake up tomorrow morning. Tonight, it's what do I have to do to win a baseball game? And Philadelphia, remember, at home in the playoffs the last two years, with essentially this cast of characters, they're 12-3. 12-3. and three. 12 and three. And last night when Arizona jumped out to that early lead, you're sitting there and you're almost like stunned. You're stunned. The people in Philadelphia are stunned. They don't sit down for these playoff games. They essentially stand for nine innings. They were just sitting there like they didn't know how to react because it was that surprising. That place is going to be bonkers tonight. And if you're Arizona, you want to take the crowd out of the game early, just like you did last night. It has been done. About 19 years ago, the Red Sox did something similar in the Bronx, remember? I know it's still a touchy subject. So did you hear our pal Mad Dog? And this was before yesterday's game. He said on his show, my old stomping grounds, that if Arizona wins games six and seven, he would retire on the spot. It's a lot of gigs, right? The radio, the first take. Right off into the sunset. I think he's got enough money tucked away, so I don't think he's going to you know, go poor. We're not going to start a GoFundMe for him or anything like that. But he said he would retire if it happens. Okay, well, the Arizona Diamondbacks go out there and they grab game six, and so we're now nine innings away, if he stays true to his word, from his retirement ceremony. Skipper of the Diamondbacks, of course, Tori Lovello got word of that, and here's what he had to say when it was brought up at his press conference. That type of stuff is kind of entertaining to me because I know that Mad Dog has a show and he's got to do his thing. But I would love to see him quit if we won today. <laughs> you know what I mean? But there's nothing there's nothing better than a wise guy New Yorker saying something and then having to chomp on those words. So that's how I'm processing it, and it'll be great. He's a friend of mine. I love Mad Dog, and I know that he's going to end up hearing this, and I didn't want to really get into this, but I did. And, of course, he's got the show on the baseball on MLB Network as well, High Heat. So I think you probably have to give that up too. Um... Look, it's all in fun, but of course, you know what? He wants to hold his feet to the fire because Tory wants to win. He wants to go to the World Series. And I'll say it again, and I don't know. Look, I, I still think Philadelphia is going to win this game tonight, even though who the hell knows? Baseball and the way these playoffs have gone, baseball is essentially becoming like the NFL, right? It's like from one week to the next, you don't know what to expect from one game to the next. 
you don't know what to expect. Look at how some of these series have gone. I mean, look at the American League Championship Series. The road team winning all seven games? That's only happened twice in the history of baseball in a best of seven. 2019 World Series, and now this American League Championship Series with the Rangers and the Astros. What's the common denominator in both? The Astros were on the losing end of both of them. Shocking. And you got the Texas Rangers who are World Series bound. Bruce Bochy, who was sitting on the couch, getting ready for, you know, to get that call from Cooperstown so he could be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Chris Young called him up, the G of the former Met member, now the GM of the Rangers, called him up during the offseason and said, hey, Boach, I know you, you love your wine and you love the good life out there, but how about giving this managing thing a shot? They spend money in Texas. The owner wants to win. Remember, he gave $500 million a couple of off-seasons ago to Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, and it didn't yield the returns that they wanted to last year, and they said, we need to go out there and get a proven winner in the dugout. They spend more money when it came to the pitching this offseason, led by Jacob DeGrom. And Bochy's working his magic again. The guy never lost the Game 7, and he's got this team in the World Series. I tweeted it out last night. I knew that they'd turn this thing around because Bruce Bochy, remember, he's not going to get up off the couch for a rebuild and for an organization that wasn't serious about winning. Obviously, Texas was, but he'd probably tell you deep down in his wildest dreams. Never expected this in year one. To be going to the World Series? I didn't. I don't care how much money they spent. This team lost 110 games a couple of years ago. They're terrible. Arizona lost 110 games. Texas, I think, was like 102. But they're in the World Series. And they did it without their big acquisition in Jacob DeGrom. It's funny seeing, not funny, but it's weird seeing DeGrom out there, like part of the ceremony or part of the celebration out on the field. With his guys. And I'm sure it's killing him inside because you want to be a part of it, right? You want to you want to pitch. You want to be one of the reasons, not a guy who's almost along for the ride. The Grom's been injured most of the season. But now he's four wins away from getting a World Series ring. So is Max Scherzer. So is Nathan Avaldi. So is Jordan Montgomery. So is Aroldis Chapman. So is Travis Jankowski. Remember Travis Jankowski? Cup of coffee with the Mets? How about that? All that local representation going to the World Series with the Texas Rangers. And they're going to have home field advantage. Think about it. No matter who wins tonight's game in the National League. I know for the media, they're going to cover the World Series and travel the whole thing. They're rooting like hell for the Diamondbacks tonight because geographically, Arizona, Texas, that's a lot easier on travel. But the commissioner's office, the people... At Fox, when they're talking about ratings and wanting to get as many eyeballs on this World Series, they are lighting up a cheesesteak tonight and rooting hard for the Phils because the Phillies at least got some dudes that, you know, are a little bit of household names, the Bryce Harpers of the world and whatnot. They want some name recognition in this World Series. Corbin Carroll's a great story. Christian Walker's a great story. Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly, Paul Seawald, right? All these guys. Great players. Tommy Pham. I don't think people in middle America are stopping at what they're doing at 8 o'clock on Friday night because Corbin Carroll is, is stepping into the batter's box. Not the way this is. Ain't the NFL. I say Phillies tonight, but am I confident? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because 
You can't predict sports anymore. That's why. Peter in Jersey, up next, 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Pete, how are you? Hey, Dan, how are you? Thanks for taking my call, my What's up, Peter? Oh, just getting ready for the Phillies tonight. I think um, their top of the order does not uh, produce, you know, at least someone will get a home run here and there. Um, They're going to be in trouble. And I just have a comment on the the Rangers, right? Yeah. Uh, I think Chris Young, the GM, did a great job putting that team together. Um, They got some studs on there. Their catchers, like, really good. Their third baseman. And then they got the guy that they brought up, the 21-year-old, Evan Carter. Yep. Great story. Unbelievable. Evan Carter, Josh Young, Nathaniel Lowe. It's a a well-constructed team. Peter, you're absolutely right. And it's funny because – you know, they're, if, if you want to say their Achilles heel through much of the season was that bullpen. And by and large, I think the bullpen's been very good for them, especially in the postseason, the Jose LeClercs of the world. You know, they went out and got Chapman because they were so desperate earlier in the year. But they've tidied that thing up, and it helps. I understand that, that the baseball manager maybe doesn't get as much credit as, let's say, the football coach does as far as being responsible for his team's win. But when you're this deep in the postseason, it helps to have that guiding hand in the dugout who's been there and won many times before, like Bruce Bochy. Yeah. Hey, can I have a Jet, a jet comment real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I think these next few games for Zach is very important to score touchdowns in the red zone. If he can produce these next few games and show that he can throw some touchdowns where they have it first, you know, uh, and goal, you know, and get that big touchdown. I think I think we can we can elevate, elevate a little bit, and uh, hopefully, you know, we'll see that these next few games. Uh, Peter, I mean, it would be nice, and I thank you for the phone call. Yeah, starting fast, I think that would be beneficial for them this week and moving forward, not just this Sunday. You know, Jets have been a team that have been outscored in the first half of games this year, especially in the first quarter. You don't want to keep putting your team in a hole like that and having to play from behind because you can't sit there and rely on three or four takeaways each and every week. It's just not practical. Got to go out there and maybe take the initiative a little bit. We'll see if they could do that. Let's say hi to Kobe in Illinois up next. Kobe, how you doing? Hey, Dan. How are you? Kobe, I'm doing outstanding. What's going on with you? I'm good. Uh, before I get to my Jets comment, I just wanted to say happy belated birthday. Thank you, Colby. You know what? There are no such things as belated wishes. They still count just the same. Of course. Um, so my Jets comment. So I'm a big Jets fan. Excited about this game Sunday. Very confident that Jets can win. But the run defense has me nervous. They're ranked 26 overall um, in run defense. They're giving up an average of 135 yards a game. And given that neither the Jets nor the Giants have great QBs. I think it's going to be a very run-heavy game, and I think the Giants are going to focus on Saquon, barring that he's you know healthy coming into the game. And I think I'm just a little nervous and timid about how the Jets are going to contain him. I know the Giants don't have a great offensive line, but you know the Jets were getting burned by Russell Wilson in Denver a few weeks ago. Um, and, you know, just they still managed to win. I know they pulled off the win there, but. You know, the run defense has me nervous, and that's really all I have to say on that front. Well, you know what, though, Cole? They, they did a good job against Philadelphia, you know? DeAndre Swift didn't do really anything in that game, and he was running over teams left and right all season. The, only, the, the most success Philadelphia had running the football was when Jalen Hurts took off, when the pocket collapsed and he had to make some magic with his legs. That was really the most success they had. I wouldn't worry about the run defense with the Jets. That's actually one area where, you know, there are more glaring problems. I think with this football team are things that you would worry about. Mel's in Queens. He's up next here on 98.7. What's up, Mel? 
Hey, what's going on? Uh, I had actually a Nick uh, question. But yeah. I'm going to talk real quick. The, the only reason why – I'm going to say about the, um, the Giants. The only reason why you're, you're, you're going to uh, – what you're saying about Daniel Jones is going to happen is because mm. of politics. We the fans, we don't want to see Daniel Jones. We already know what he is. He already threw 62 touchdowns and 40 interceptions for his career, right? Tyrod Taylor never had a season when he threw double, you know, turnover, double-digit, you know, uh, interceptions. That's, you know what I mean? That's one. So, at the end of the day, if we want to play the season out and we're trying to win, then you go with Tyrod Taylor. But if you know you're trying to salvage the season for a draft pick, then, of course, he's going to ride out with Daniel Jones. Everybody's going to boo him. And then you're going to end up, like you said, going with Tyrod. And Tyrod's going to be on another team, so you're going to be right about that. But here's my question that I have about the Knicks, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Why is it in the Knicks? Look, Knicks talking about Embiid, right? I personally felt like the Knicks should have went in on Jordan Poole. To me, that would have been a, a very – that would have been a better investment. You know, he plays games. He's healthy. You know, he's a fighter. Could you imagine, like, a Brunson and Jordan Poole you know, in the backcourt, like a Stephen Clay type thing going on over there. I don't know why they didn't, they didn't go for pool. You know, they, like he was out there this year, and that's where you, you give up draft picks, you give up whoever you got to give up, but Brunton to get him over here. Maybe they didn't think he was a good fit. Remember, he got into some stuff out there in Golden State with Draymond and the whole nine yards. I, I, I don't know if they wanted to bring him in, Mel, to be honest with you. You know, we'll see how he fares now in um, the nation's capital, right? I mean, Washington is obviously – Turn over a new leaf, uh, a new leaf here. We shall see. Um, look, the thing with the Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor thing. <sighs> Tyrod Taylor's not the future, guys. He's not. He's not. I mean, you can sit there and reference turnovers and all those other things, but okay, you're not going to win with him. He's not going to make winning plays. Like I said, you played two games with him here. You've averaged eleven points. Eleven points. You're lucky you won one of those games, scoring 11 points. All right, we'll get back to the conversation a little bit later on. We come back, giant talk. Jordan Renan joins us his weekly spot with us here. Dan Grosser Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>